This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to another episode of AMI Audio Live's coverage of the 2020 Zero Project Conference. My name is Andy Frank. The Zero Project, an initiative of the Essel Foundation, focuses on the rights of persons with disabilities globally. It provides a platform where the most innovative and effective solutions to problems facing persons with disabilities are shared. Its sole objective is to assist in creating a world without barriers, zero barriers, based on the articles of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. Zero Project's ninth annual conference, held at the United Nations Building in Vienna in February of 2020, celebrated these solutions with awards. It recognized 75 proven practices and 11 policies in the field of education. You can learn more about Zero Project at zeroproject.org. Today, we focus on the Zero Project's Impact Transfer Program, which was designed to support the internationalization of innovative disability solutions. These initiatives are selected each year from among hundreds of Zero Project nominations. To give us an overview, I spoke with the leader of the Impact Transfer Program in Vienna this past February. Sure. My name is Loïc Van Kutzem. I work for Ashoka, um, and I'm in charge of a program called Impact Transfer. So what is Impact Transfer? Well, Impact Transfer is about identifying replicable social innovations who have a proven track record and impact model and helping them to replicate these innovations in other countries where they are requested by the local stakeholders. So rather than you know, reinventing the wheel, we basically help accelerate the replication of proven solutions. One of the things that uh, Zero Project does when they select awardees is they measure on scalability. Are these particular... Um, these particular practices m- even more scalable than others? Is that what you're saying? Um, and Well, we indeed select the 10 projects that we support each year from the list of Zero Project awardees. So all of them have gone through the fantastic Zero Project evaluation already. We're looking indeed for projects that might be even a bit more advanced in terms of replication potential who definitely have this as a strategic priority, which doesn't have to be the case of any project, but we need this in this case, and also have the capacity to go through a six-month intensive program. Um, so that's the, we add some additional criteria on the, on, on, on the Zero Project criteria. Yeah. Can you describe for me what this six-month program is? Yeah, yeah so it's a six-month, we call it acceleration program. So these projects get training, they get individual mentors, they get matchmaking opportunities with potential partners. They get visibility. So anything they need to really package their current work in something that is easy to replicate for partners in other contexts and countries. So uh, you've done this with a number of different projects now over the past couple of years. So, so you're, how many have you done? We've done 31 projects so far over the last three years in this, in this context, yeah. And what are you excited about in this particular class that you've got over here? Uh, We're going to hear from some of these people overall as we go through this particular broadcast, but what are you excited about? Well, the diversity of the projects is very interesting. I mean, this year, for instance, we have 10 projects from nine different countries, so totally different contexts, addressing the same overall issue, but in different ways. So what's very exciting is the collaboration and knowledge-sharing opportunity within the group to start with. Um, what's very exciting as well is that although these, peop- I mean, these people are working with passion about their topics and so always, they haven't always had the opportunity to step back 
and have external sparing partners helping them to really crystallize what exactly is it that they're doing and how could this benefit others in terms of replication. So providing this external perspective and support is apparently, as they say, very useful. Um, and then I think the most exciting is also seeing how they flourish and evolve throughout the six months until they really manage to present their concept in three, four minutes and then connect with partners. Well, thank you very much. We're going to go about meeting some of these people in the next next few interviews that uh, you're going to hear. So thank you very much for this. Great. Thank you. That was Loic van Kutsum of Ashoka, an international organization that promotes social entrepreneurship. It, along with the Essel Foundation and Fundación Descumbreme of Chile, are the forces behind Zero Project's impact transfer program. So, let us meet three of the selected initiatives supported by the program. My name is Carlos Pereira, and I'm the CEO and founder of Livox International. It's a company from Brazil. What problem is it that you specifically were targeting? There are over 300 million people with disabilities in the world that are nonverbal. And um, the worst kind of prison that there is is your own body. And I'm a father of one of these persons. I have a daughter. Her name is Clara. She's 12 years old, and she has cerebral palsy due to a medical mistake. And because of that, she can't walk and she can't speak. So in order to help her, since from the moment I found out about her, her disability, empowering people with disabilities became a passion for me. And in order to help her, I decided to create Livox. And what is Livox? Livox uh, actually is three things. First is an award-winning alternative communication software for people with disabilities that are nonverbal or or people that have um, learning impairments. Second, it's a portal for uh, educational managers to to check and monitor the improvement over time of all the all the students using Livox. And third, it's a community of users creating content that goes beyond just alternative communication content for people with disabilities and sharing so other people can benefit from this content as well. So how does it work? How does, uh, how does someone get started? How does someone benefit? Well, we have our website, www.livox.com.br, uh, where people can learn a little bit more about Livox and how to download it in Android tablets. As of right now, Livox works in Android tablets and also on Chromebooks. Um, and Livox is a software that adapts according to every disability. Okay, so you can download it on your device. And even if you don't know Livox, uh, the settings of Livox, you know the person with disability. And when you're creating a new user, Livox asks a few questions about this user. Uh, what is the disability, if the person has any visual, motor impairment, repetitive movements, and so on and so forth, and then adapts to that particular disability. And one of the, the coolest things about Livox is that we use machine learning and natural language processing to enable people with disabilities to communicate much faster. I was reading an interview of Stephen Hawking when he was alive, and he was saying that um, he was very lonely because people were not willing to wait until he could answer. And this is true not only for Livox, but for any alternative communication device. And in order to solve that in Livox, we use machine learning and natural language processing. It works like this. Um, we have a feature in Livox called Livox uh, Recommendations. Uh, it's based on previous user usage. So Livox knows what to show for a person with disability based on, on, on previous usage. So for example, when my daughter comes from school, Livox knows that she was in school, and the first item that it shows for her to communicate is, I would like to say, how was my day in school? 
When she wakes up in the morning, Livox knows that it's morning and she's at home. And then it shows something like, uh, morning, daddy, please change my diapers. And I would like pancakes for breakfast, something like that. So it helps people with disabilities, motor or cognitive disabilities, to initiate conversations much faster. And uh, in order to help them to answer questions faster, we use natural language processing. And the way it works is you activate Livox by saying the name of the person with disability, just like Siri or uh, Google. But instead of saying, hey, uh, hey, Siri or hey, Google, you say the name of the person with disability. My daughter's name is Clara. So I can say so something like, Clara, what do you want to eat? And based on the time uh, and also, I mean, her previous usage, Livox would show options for food. For example, if it's morning, Livox would show uh, breakfast food for a Brazilian girl. She's Brazilian. Uh, if it's lunchtime, Livox would show uh, lunch food. And it, it goes really beyond. So you can say something like, uh, Clara, do you feel any pain? This is a yes or no question. Livox understands that, and then it shows yes or no. So, and if she says yes, I can say, in what part of your body, Clara? Livox understands that, and it shows the body parts, so she can maybe say, uh, I feel some pain in my head. My, my head hurts or something like that. So it's a really powerful way to enable people with disabilities that are nonverbal to communicate much faster than regular alternative communication devices out there. In 2016, we also got a huge grant from Google, and that's why I moved to the U.S., and we're starting to distribute Livox um, in, in the U.S., beginning in Kentucky and also in, in Miami, in, in, in the, in the in Miami-Dade area in Florida. What does it mean to you to be recognized by Zero Project, which has now basically become the Oscars of accessibility? <laughs> For me, it's a real pleasure because I've been in too many con uh, conventions and conferences already. For example, conventions for education or something like that, where I was invited because uh, inclusion is something really important. But uh, this is the first convention and conference that it's totally focused on people with disabilities. So this is um, really a, an amazing opportunity to showcase the work that we are doing, and I've never seen something like that before, totally focused on people with disabilities. For, so for me, it's a big honor to be here. That was Carlos Pereira of Livox out of Brazil. Livox is one of 10 initiatives being supported by Zero Project's Impact Transfer Program, designed to support the internationalization of innovative disability solutions toward a barrier-free world. Another such initiative comes to us from the United Arab Emirates. Uh, Dr. Aisha Saeed Husseini, and I am from Manzil Center, which is in the United Arab Emirates. The program is uh, a training program which starts for children as young as four years of age and takes them right through an academic, functional academic, academic program into a vocational training program and then to an employment program. So we call this program PRIDE, and PRIDE stands for, it's an acronym, it stands for People Receiving Independence and Dignity Through Empowerment. And the empowerment comes from two sections, employment and education both. So it's PRIDE is basically running through the entire uh, lifespan of an individual with disabilities, literally. Uh, parents often laugh and say that once at, you know, at the age of four or five or whatever age we choose, once we've put a child into manzil, we can look, look at them after retirement 
you know, because they've done, the, you know, Manzil just takes over as a parent uh, body and then takes them right through. The word Manzil in itself means destination, and our destination is inclusion. So we are, it's our journey towards that destination that's, you know, that we're constantly talking about. And we have some beautiful stories around how that journey has been uh, worthwhile for us. Take me through an example of, uh, so that our listeners can understand what, what that looks like. So uh, we had a student, our first student at Manzil came in, went through the training program, and then we got her a job into, um, uh, into one of the banks there. And then came the recession, and she lost her job. And so she was at home for a little bit, and uh, now they were, uh, they're, they're siblings. Uh, so her, young, her older brother also has a, they both have a rare genetic, uh, uh, you know, and there's no diagnosis for it. So they both have cognitive disabilities, and it's a very rare genetic disability, which uh, has, uh, the we even, you know, diagnosis was a bit of a um, problem there. Anyway, so she and her brother, both uh, sitting at home now, uh, so dad ran this little uh, shop uh, where they were earning, let's say, 900 units of 900 dirhams in, in the UAE. And so the parents would often have to budget for, you know, we can have chicken once or twice in a month uh, because we don't, they didn't have the money to be able to get on with things like that. Anyway, now comes recession, they're at home, we're trying to find things for her to do, etc., and one Friday morning, father gets up in the morning, goes to the bathroom, has a heart attack and never comes out. Mother does not have any educational qualifications to get a job. Both the children with disability sitting at home. Further complications, father was from India, so the children have Indian passports, mother from Pakistan. Mother now, and now that the father's gone, they can't live in the UAE anymore because he had only, a, 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 you know, he had a labor card, which, I mean, now that he's not there, he was a sponsor. So they can't live in the UAE. Mom can't go to India. Children can't go to Pakistan. So what do they do? So we stepped in, and the first thing we did was we said, okay, we employed the student back so that she gets onto a car so she can stay here. Employed the mother. Then started looking around for jobs again because, you know, recession, difficulty, anyway. Found her a job outside in a bank. Got the, stu the brother in as a student now. Started training him. Mom was employed by us. All of this happened. Several years passed. And now... Uh, she is working in a bank. Mom, mother is working with us. The other brothers got a job in a hotel. And between the three of them, for a family that earned 900 to 1100 was their family income, they earned 10,000 now. They've moved from their house where they used to be. And if you're, if you're familiar with the, uh, with the region, uh, there is something called zakat, which is a, you know, it's a tax that the, the Muslims pay uh, as a part of their income goes towards charity. So the mother told me two years ago, she had tears in her eyes, because during the month of Ramadan, they, the Muslims give out charity. And she said, you know, Aisha, 
all these years we were the recipients of zakat this year we've had enough income that we are now giving out zakat and that to me was the biggest award that one can ever have because yes it's lovely to be uh, recognized for your work and you know get accreditations and get awards and all of that but the difference that it really makes in a person's life where they tell you that they pray for you every night every night she says there's not a night that i do not pray for you what can be bigger than that that was dr aisha saeed husseini of the manzil center a non-profit organization focused on inclusive education and employment based in the united arab emirates This episode of our coverage of the Zero Project conference from Vienna, Austria in February of 2020 is focused on initiatives that are being supported by Zero Project's Impact Transfer Program, which is designed to support the internationalization of innovative disability solutions. When one thinks of education, one usually looks to institutions ranging from preschool to universities. But one of the pleasant surprises at Zero Project I thought was the inclusion of cultural institutions like museums after all museums are designed to teach us as well capito an austrian german social franchise network developed a training course for people with disabilities to conduct art tours in museums our next guest tells us how this benefits everyone involved my name is niels wöpke and i come from uh, the schwerin area which is close to hamburg in germany and The project is called uh, New Ways to Art. Um, museum guidance always inclusive. We educate people with special needs to become a museum guide, a professional, of course, in the future. Yeah. Okay, so this is fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, what was the what was the problem that you were targeting, or the opportunity that you that you were addressing? Yeah, um, like we have a bureau for accessibility um, at my working space, and um, we want to um, make the environment more accessible. And in the museums, we know uh, by many visits and analyzes that we made that uh, so many people can't come into the museum because of physical barriers, or that they don't understand the information. So that's not only a problem for people with special needs. Um, I would also include myself uh, to that group. I uh, haven't been in museums for quite a long time, and um, I, I can't catch up to everything they say there and um, um, don't have the knowledge about it. So uh, why don't make it easier and more interactive? That was um, our thing that we were heading out for, um, to... Um, break off the exclusion for so many communities and museums. But along the way, you are training people with disabilities to become museum guides. Yeah. So what are some of the benefits that you anticipated and maybe some of the benefits that you've actually observed since yeah. this program started? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by this program, we actually are heading out for, yeah, making museums more accessible for the people with special needs when they become a museum guide and would act as a museum guide of course they should get into uh, the museum physically so we are talking about physical barriers with the staff 
and uh, that they recognize it and uh, make a plan to change it if possible. And um, we also want to offer interaction with the, within the society with people with special needs and without uh, so-called <laughs> special needs and um, yeah, make them change their perspectives and get to know each other and um, that they are not that insecure anymore any longer and that they know um, people who go into the museums what people with special needs are capable of. And of course, after all, um, we want to make uh, and change museums to working spaces for people with special needs. Um, they could have the choice where they want to work as every other person too uh, is heading out for a job. And normally there's no program in the field of museums. They might do some catering or uh, in the bathroom, stuff like purposes like that, but not in the art guidance. And um, so we just wanted to try it. We, we said there's one culture night in uh, the Schwerin Museum in northern Germany, and let's just try it for one night if they could uh, fulfill the role of a museum guide. And we made some qualification for that. They chose their favorite art object, and we made it accessible for them. And they um, were so deep into contact with the uh, art object and uh, were getting so many other perspectives, information from their background and seeing. So uh, that was really worth uh, attending uh, for the audience. And uh, the audience was so amazed what they found out and what they heard and what they how they interacted and with accessible lively guidance so that we said we should go on now uh, and do it uh, in a regular basis and um, now they are so deep into the project that we say we have to get uh, a working opportunity for that and from what I gathered this is something that you're planning to expand beyond uh, throughout Germany perhaps or even yeah. beyond even even beyond here, now we are in Austria and Vienna and we have some close contact uh, to the Capito network that we belong with our Bureau for Accessibility. And um, we actually want to start in Germany and Austria first. We have one small project right now with Croatia. Croatia has the European uh, Council Presidency right now. And uh, we have a small group of three people with disabilities in Vukovar former war region um, and they will work on becoming a museum guide in order to go to the European Parliament in May or June and uh, talk about uh, uh, Croatian art culture uh, and uh, do it for the visitors there and the politicians. So yeah, first German speaking countries and actually in this conference we had so many um, talks with other people who are interested in this and probably after this we translate the materials uh, that we replicate this program into accessible understandable materials for uh, the trainees into other languages, English, Spanish and so on. It's interesting uh, and, and a very positive thing to see museums being categorized under education uh, as they're being recognized yeah. Um, in the Zero Project. A lot of people don't think in those terms where yeah. that museums are such an integral part of yeah. someone's 
formation of someone's uh, of someone's education overall. So you must be very proud of being recognized here at this conference in Zero Project uh, with yeah. this particular award. Yeah, this has been a major, great, uh, never before experienced. Uh, and for our whole team, actually, um, we are a team of seven museum guides with special needs, uh, if you would say so. We, we, they're regular museum guides for us and work for the Schwerin Museum vocationally. And, um, yeah, um, it's, it's an honor and uh, such a big happiness to spread out that idea. And uh, so many more museums and society within the museums in the area should make the same experience, we hope, so society gets more equal and with more equal chances. And uh, that's good for democracy also and society if people understand that traits, their history, and have access to it. Um, then that strengthens the society. And that's education, not in school, but in everyday life. Exactly. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, sir. That was Niels Wöpke of Capito, an Austrian-German social franchise network, who developed a training course for people with disabilities to conduct art tours in museums. There is further interest from museums and people with disabilities across Europe, including in Belgium, Hungary, and Spain. And that is an example of what Zero Project's Impact Transfer Program aims to achieve, the internationalization of innovative disability solutions toward a barrier-free world. Other participants in the program this year came from Kenya, Bulgaria, India, Chile, Finland, and Senegal. Thank you for listening to this episode of AMI-audio Live's coverage of the 2020 Zero Project Conference. Other episodes are available as podcasts under AMI-audio Live. For more information on Zero Project, including details on all the 2020 awardees, go to zeroproject.org and select the tab of 2020 Conference. My name is Andy Frank. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 
I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.